Aleluya. 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 Gloria a Dios. Father, we are, it's a fact. We're all broken. Born broken. But Lord, I pray that in this moment that our hearts would be broken, that we'd rend our hearts and our minds. Father, to let your word come in. Father, that we would empty ourselves of ourselves in this moment, that we would truly have eyes to see, ears to hear, and hearts to receive your truth. Again, Lord, that we might be changed and more conformed to the image of Christ than we've ever been before. So, Father, regardless of where we are in this moment, regardless of where we had been this week, in, Father, in this moment, Father, we ask that you help us as these earthen vessels. Help us to be in a situation, to be in a spiritual frame where we can receive of you. Amen. And we can, Lord, understand. Give us the ability to understand what you're trying to say to your church. Lord, I pray in the name of Jesus that no one would leave here the same as when they came in. And be glorified in everything that's done and said. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. You may be seated. So we have folks that are obviously traveling and things of that nature. Um, but I'm going to pick right up um, where we kind of were last week and, and build on that. Every week I, I think that I... I try not to be repetitive, but I just, I think that we're in the season, I almost find myself in a position every week of, of, of apologizing about, you know, where we are, where, and, you know, I just want to make sure that um, we all understand the urgency of where we're at. And I got to be honest with you, um, many of the folks, the ministers of God, prophets of God, who I respect, um, are Probably in the same place. We're in a we're in a moment of urgency right here. We're in a moment where we we all of us we all need to be keenly aware of where we are on God's timeline, but not uh, not in fear and and not in torment, but at the same time understanding not just where we are, but who we are. Amen. And so that's why I think that you know the teaching preaching that I do is is hopefully you can understand is geared around that. Praise the Lord. Hey, why don't you two just come up right up? Come right up. Come on. Come on, come on, come on, come on. See, that, no, not planned. See, we're spontaneous. Thank you for being with us. This is all spontaneous. This is of God. Hallelujah. So I, I showed you a picture last week of the newest member of the DeSanto family, but church, this is a member of our family. We're, we're, we're one. This is Giovanni, and of course you know Anthony and Angela. So I want you all, please, to stretch a hand forward. And we're going to give thanks. Father, we give thanks to you. Lord God, for a, a, a great delivery of Giovanni coming into this world. Lord, you knew him before time began. And Lord, I thank you that both Angela and Giovanni are healthy. Lord, I thank you that Anthony still has somewhat of uh, a sound mind. <laughs> and Lord, I pray that in the days ahead, not only will they be sound in body, but Lord, I pray a spiritual blessing upon Anthony, Angela, and Giovanni. <laughs> Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and you'll be saved and your whole house will be saved. In Jesus' name, amen? Amen. 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 God bless you. Amen. Hallelujah. 
I, I just <laughs> See, now, many of you know my family that have been with us for a while, and you know that Anthony has another son, Dominic, and Dominic is 15, so the whole time that, uh, and he's, my, he's our only other grandson, so the whole time I've been introducing Dom or saying, Dom is my, my favorite grandson, and when he used to bother about it, Pop, I'm your only grandson. <laughs> Not anymore. So I, I, I informed him, you've got to work for it now, brother. <laughs> Hallelujah. Giovanni is rising fast <laughs> in the ranks. Hallelujah. So let us begin. Uh, we're going to go back to Timothy, and some of this will be on the board. And, and I pray um, that you would follow in Jesus' name. Amen. First Timothy chapter 6, and this is going to be familiar to uh, many of you. Chapter 6, beginning in verse 6. Now, godliness with contentment is great gain, for we brought nothing into this world, and it's certain we can carry nothing out. And having food and clothing, with these we shall be content. But those who desire to be rich fall into temptation and a snare, into many foolish and harmful lusts which, uh, which drown men in destruction and perdition. For the love of money is the root of all kinds of evil, for which some have strayed from their faith into greediness and pierced themselves through with many sorrows. But you, O oh man or woman, you, O oh people of God, flee these things and pursue righteousness, godliness, faith, love, patience, gentleness. Fight the good fight of faith. Lay hold on eternal life. My brothers and sisters, if you remember last week, we talked about the fruit, obviously, uh, because those things are all fruit of the Spirit. Obviously, we cannot... Um, achieve righteousness on our own, we are the righteousness of God in Christ. And we have to be in Christ and we have to remain in the vine so the fruit can come forth through Him. Without me, you could do nothing, remember? Amen? Amen? But, but see, there are, my brothers and sisters, I, I, I know I've said this and I know that I'm repeating myself, but I need you to understand, I need all of us and maybe someone who's listening and watching online, I, we really need to understand, we have a part in this. It's an important part. You, O oh, oh, people of God, flee these things and pursue righteousness. Well, Pastor, you just said that we can't achieve righteousness on our own. It's in Christ. That's right. So we, listen, we are His disciple. That means we are following Him. When we follow Him as His disciple, we are the righteous of God in Him. Amen? Amen. Amen. But we have to pursue. Amen? Amen. Hallelujah. Casey, come here for a minute. Come here. He, he thought I was going to say something about the slide. Uh-oh. Do me a favor. I want you to pick up this bag and follow me. Come on. Whoa, come on. Come on. Where are you going? Come on. Come on. Come on. Okay. Put it down. Come on. Follow me. Come on. Come on. Come on. Come on. Okay, you can go back there. And don't make a, mis- don't make a mistake on those slides either, young man. <laughs> but, but do you understand, maybe a silly illustration, but you could see it, couldn't you? When he was carrying the baggage, it was harder for him to follow me. Wasn't it? And see, so many times, and, and, and even in my own life, there are some things that I'm trying to hang on to, and I'm trying to follow Christ, trying to hang on to those things, and it's a little makes it a little bit harder to follow him, right? Amen. So look at John 17, 3 with me. And remember, look, we're lay hold of eternal life. We're pursuing and we're laying hold of eternal life. Right? And not eternal life, again, remember, it's not just looking forward to what happens when my, my soul and spirit leave this body. 
No, it's not talking. It's not speaking to that. This is speaking about living eternal life now. Um, listen, I'm pursuing all of these fruits of the Spirit. I'm pursuing Christ. I've got to lay this stuff down. Why? Because it's not about the life that I'm living here now. It's about living the eternal life here now. Amen? All re- I know this is all repetitive from last week, but my brothers and sisters, I just think we just need to hang on to this. Amen? So now go with me, please. Um, this is eternal life that they may know you, the only true God and Jesus Christ whom you have sent. It's just, this whole thing is in pursuit of Christ. This whole thing is following Him and knowing Him. And you cannot do that without reading and praying. So again, part of the problem that we have in the modern culture and in the church is that the church basically is biblically illiterate. But if we read and we pray and we understand, we follow Christ, it makes it a little easier to set. Now we're not having to work so hard because it's Jesus working in us and through us. Amen? Amen. But it's knowing Him. That's the pursuit. The pursuit is, I want to know him. And I want to remind you of Philippians chapter 3. The Apostle Paul, the second greatest man to ever walk the face of the earth, in my opinion. But what things were gained to me, in verse 7, these things I have counted loss for Christ. Yet indeed I also count all things loss for the excellence of the knowledge of Christ Jesus my Lord, for whom I have suffered the loss of all things, and count them as rubbish that I may gain Christ. So look, all of these things that I'm trying to hang on to that I value so highly or that have become my habit or my comfort, garbage. I want to know Him. Amen? Amen. Very simple, maybe oversimplistic as it relates to an illustration. But my brothers and sisters, really, if you think about it, that's what happens in the supernatural. I showed you in the natural, but that's what happens in the supernatural. Amen? Amen? So now, remember that now. See, we're right in the middle of this Philippian scripture. and Now, godliness with contentment is great grain. We've brought nothing into the world. So why are we looking to amass so many things and hang on to so many things? Right? This is the whole point. And because we're human and because we've been conditioned, that's part of the thing that we, the things that we count on to bring us joy and to make us happy. When all of those things are temporal. Hallelujah. And see, Pastor, you know, we, we've heard this so many times. Hang on. That I may gain Christ and be found in Him, not having my own righteousness, which is from the law, but that which is through faith in Christ. The righteousness which is from God by faith. By faith. We have to trust Him. We have to trust and believe that when we're following Him, when we stay connected with Him, my brothers and sisters, that we are the righteousness of God in Him. That when we do stand before Him, He's going to look at us with the clean robes of righteousness that was being provided to us by our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ at Calvary. Amen? Amen. Hallelujah. Faith that I may know Him and the power of His resurrection and the fellowship of His sufferings being conformed to His death, if by any means that I may attain to the resurrection from the dead. See, now, now I, I don't think Paul, Paul here is not talking about, again, just the body, you know, receiving His new body at the end, walking into eternity. He's talking about experiencing the eternal life now and then experiencing the hereafter. Right? Because we know that He said, Paul himself said, He has to put the flesh to death daily. Okay, so what life are you living, Paul? I'm living the eternal life. I'm following Christ. I'm putting my flesh to death. I'm laying all of those things down. I'm pursuing Christ, 
by faith, knowing even though it doesn't make any sense. I'm laying all these down. I may be living in abject poverty, but you know, I could maybe do this or do that or compromise here or do this there and maybe make a little bit of money or maybe better my status in life. But no, if I follow... No, but that's... No, no, no. If you have faith, you don't understand how faith works, Pastor. If you have faith, you just say, Lord, I'm going to go ahead and this last penny that I have, I'm sending it to Kenny Copeland and I'm going to get a check in the mail. My brothers and sisters, that's what the modern day faith preachers would have you to believe. It's not that. It's faith that when it's tough... It's faith that I might be the only one standing. It's faith. My kids are constantly telling me, you're the only father that believes that. You're the only... But I still, I'm going to be their dad. I'm going to be their provider. I'm going to be... Listen, who God called me, I'm going to be their spiritual high priest in the house. I, they, they've got plenty of friends. They don't need another friend. They need a father. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Hallelujah. Mom, come on, Mom. Wait, what? what? I, I'm, I, I, give me my phone back. Come on. If the, oh, it's the end of the world. I'll guarantee you, my brothers and sisters, you take phones away from kids, it'll be the end of the world. Guaranteed. Mom, Dad, they don't need another friend. They need someone who is willing to take a stand. But it's not supposed to be, my kids hate me. Now they do. Wait till they mature. But brothers and sisters, that's what it takes. It's by faith. It would be so much easier to be a friend to my kids and give them anything that they want so that then there's peace in the house and I don't have to have any of this commotion or any of this stuff. Uh, No. You have to have faith and stand. You have to have faith and have to stand because God says so. Not because I say so. Not because some... See, and here's what the culture would have you to believe, that we old white guys are the ones that are dictating everything and we're doing that to maintain control. Now, what I just said may be offensive to some of you, but it's the truth. That's what's being taught and told. But my brothers and sisters, has nothing to do. In fact, Jesus was not white. He was olive-skinned. And I'm following him. I'm not following King James. I'm not following uh, Billy Graham. I'm not following whoever. I'm following Jesus. Amen? Period. That's it. And by the way, He's God. Hallelujah. So, so look, that I may know Him in the powers of resurrection, in the fellowship of His sufferings, being conformed to His death, if by any means I may attend to the resurrection of the dead. To see, my brothers and sisters, here's where this battle, remember we're talking about now, again, fighting the good fight of faith. That's what we were told in Timothy. Fight the good fight of faith. Pursue all these things, right? Fight the good fight of faith. The battle begins and ends right here. What do you mean? To, look, look. I've I, I got to know him. And I've got to understand that there's going to be some sufferings and that's the better places where I get to know him. When things are all peachy and keen, not so much. But when things get tough, that's where I know him. Did Jesus suffer? I'm not talking about just on the cross. Obviously, he suffered on the cross. But did Jesus suffer before that? Sure he did. Under the gun all the time. Amen? Remember when his own disciples left him? When he preached the message and his own disciples left him? the seventy, And then he said to his closest one, are you going to leave me too? 
My brother, does that feel good? No, I'm going to tell you, it doesn't feel good. I've had so many people come and go, and so many times it's silliest of things, but they didn't want to hear what was said. My brothers and sisters, it's tough. His own family thought he was a lunatic. Come on. The religious authority, the, the, the religious leaders wanted to kill him from the get-go. Always trying to trap him. He dealt, he, look at how many times was he frustrated with his own followers because they just didn't get it. Come on. Hallelujah. How many times, he himself, I have no place to rest, I have no home. This is what he said. Hallelujah. So now, battle begins and ends here, amen? So now let's go to Ephesians, another scripture that you are all very familiar with. In Ephesians chapter 6, beginning verse 12. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rules of the darkness of the age, against spiritual hosts of wickedness in heavenly places. Therefore, take up the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day and having done all to stand. Not to fold, not to compromise, but by faith you stand. Amen? Amen. Hallelujah. See, thank you. But, uh, Tony, I mean, all this is so elementary, so so parochial. My brothers and sisters, this stuff we have to know. The battle starts here, but there truly is an enemy. And he is called the prince and the power of the air. We've talked about um, spiritual warfare and things of that nature. But now, again, this, this shows us that the battle is an eternal, internal battle. And it is eternal. It is an internal battle, but it's a spiritual battle. See, the spiritual forces, the wickedness, my brothers and sisters, is attacking us and knows how to attack us in our flesh, knows how to appeal to the lust of the flesh. No, no different than when he was in the garden doing it. Amen? Same thing. Same thing. So now, my brothers and sisters, this battle basically is because the enemy, you know, depending on where you are, the enemy wanted to elevate himself above God. Amen? And he couldn't. There is no power above him. But he was so enamored with himself. He was so prideful. He was so... He made him one of the most perfect, one of the most beautiful angels that there was. And he was so prideful. And there were people, there were other angels that probably, uh, you know, marveled at him. And he thought, he got all full of himself and tried to elevate himself or to make him above God. And God said, "Uh uh-uh. Michael, take care of that for me. Like God didn't know it was going to happen. Again, there are angels that have free will, just like you have free will. But they don't understand the love of God. That's why when they look at us, they're, they're, they're marveling. That we who are below them, that God himself took a body, took a form as us, and died for us. That love, the angels can't understand. My brothers and sisters, you are highly valued. So we need to teach our children that. Not that they gain their value by choosing their gender. Not that they gain their value by who they have intercourse with. Not that they gain their value by who is cheering them on. No, they, gain, they, are, value, they are highly valued because even before they were born, God had already died for them. Amen? Amen. Highly valued. Amen. But these angels... Specifically, this one got cast out and he is looking to rule and reign somewhere. And Adam gave him the lease. Adam and Eve had the lease and they handed it over to Satan. So he's the prince in the power of the air. 
there's the battle. There's the battle. Hallelujah. We don't battle against flesh and blood. Principalities, powers, spiritual wickedness, darkness of the age. The enemy of your soul and mine would like us to think that our battle is with flesh and blood. That it is that group of people who are ruining it for everybody. That it is that flesh tone that's ruining it for everybody. It's that nationality that's ruining it for everybody. It's that political belief. It's that religious belief. They're ruining it for everybody. If we can only get rid of them, everything will be good. That's what the enemy would love for you and I to believe. And that's what he's done, my brothers and sisters, so that there cannot be... The church, even in the church, we can't be one and be united because of the differences that are played upon by the enemy of your soul. But my brothers and sisters, it's no different than whatever's happened. So while I am you know, studying for this and I'm considering this message because the Lord spoke in my heart. I believe it was the Lord that spoke in my heart that, you know, again, we all know that everything and, and anything that happens in this world, it's spiritual. So the enemy has turned it around to make it seem like it's other than spiritual. Again, like I just mentioned, it's this policy, that politic, this, that, the other thing. So I was brought to the, um, the book of Esther. And many of you are familiar with it. And, and maybe it's been a long time since you've been there. But remember now, uh, the Medo-Persians have taken over. The, the, the king, I, I'll blow the pronunciation of his name. And in fact, in the Bible, it's, it's um, um, yeah, well, that's the, probably historically, it's probably Xerxes. But in, if you read in the Bible, it's not going to say Xerxes. It will say something else. But just remember, that's a Hebrew name. And then from the Hebrew, it went to the, uh, the Greek and the Latin. So there's all these transliterations. But historically speaking, it's Xerxes. There, this actually happened. This is not a made-up story. The book of Esther actually happened. So my brothers and sisters, so remember Bab, uh, Nebuchadnezzar? King of Babylon, well, they were taken over by the Medo-Persians. And so now the Hebrews, the Jews, the Jews are still in subjugation, but now it's to the Medo-Persian king Xerxes. And so now we, we come, and, and Esther, as a young girl, uh, her parents died. And so now her uncle, Mordecai, is raising her up like his, her, his own daughter. And so now Mordecai is kind of, uh, 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 he's, he's got some kind of a stature within the, within the kingdom. within He's not in the court or anything, but he's a respected person. And so now, my brothers and sisters, Queen Vashti, who was the king to Xerxes, um, they were having this big celebration and this big party, and at the end, of, after in the seventh day of the celebration, he called for the queen, because they, the queen or anybody couldn't just show up. They had to be summoned in order to be in the presence of the king. So the king summoned for Queen Vashti to show up, and she refused. Ticked him off. And so then he, he calls his princes and all of the leaders of the provinces that they have dominion over, and he calls them all in, and basically, what should we do? So one of them speaks up and says, listen, she's not only dishonored you, but she's dishonored all of... Now listen to this. She's dishonored all of the elites. All of the elite men, all of the upper crust men, she's dishonored all because now all of the women, all of our, our wives will think that they could dishonor us the same way. 
Political? He's the king. He could have did whatever he wanted to, but he calls in all of these, and now it's a political issue? Spiritual. It's a spiritual. Why? God knew. He, he knew what was going to happen. Amen? This Everything that happens is spiritual. It's spiritual. So now... She's gone, and now there's going to be a new queen that's going to be chosen. And so it's proposed that they get all the virgins together, and um, they kind of have this beauty pageant, if you will. And Mordecai wants Esther to try out. I'm just speaking Tony language, so just hear my heart. Mordecai wants Esther to try out, so she goes through the process, and she's chosen. Amen? She's chosen. But now, something that else we need to know about Mordecai. Mordecai has his ear, and he's, he's in, in the circle, and he hears of the plot of two people that want to overthrow the king. And he lets it be known and saves the king. Amen? This is huge. So now he has favor. He's, ha- he's got some built-in favor. He's got some political clout. Amen? Okay, so now, my brothers and sisters, in the process of time here, you see that there's this other person that comes to the forefront. He's Haman. He's one of the leaders, and you know, he, gets to be, he gets some high honor. And so now he gets high honor, and just like Satan, just like the spirit of Antichrist, he gets a little full of himself. He gets pride, and it's about him. And now he is ticked because, listen, Mordecai will not bow and scrape before him. Because why? He can't. He can't. Why? Because God, Jehovah, is his God. Amen? So Mordecai, while he's doing everything he can do to fulfill his citizenship and be loyal to the kingdom as much as he can, in fact, again, he already had warned the king about a plot against him. So as much as he's trying to fulfill his citizenship, he's also most importantly fulfilling his citizenship as a member of the covenant, as uh, as a member of the kingdom of heaven. Amen? Amen. God is my king. I can't bow before you. And this ticked Haman off to the max. To the max. And so what does he do? He. he, he. I'm going to read to you. I I, want to make sure I don't just botch this. I just want to make sure you you hear it specifically. So in Esther chapter 3, I'm going to begin reading in verse 7. In the first month, which was the month of Nisan, in the twelfth year of King Xerxes, they cast per, that is a lot, before Haman to determine that they end the month until he fell on the twelfth month, which is the month of Adar. Haman said to King Xerxes, There is a certain people scattered and dispersed among the people in all of the provinces of your kingdom. Their laws are different from all other people's, and they do not keep the king's laws. Therefore... It is not fitting for the king to let them remain. If it pleases the king, let us decree, uh, be, let a decree be written that they be destroyed, and I will pay 10,000 talents of silver into the hands of those who do the work to bring it into the king's treasuries. So the king took his signet ring from his hand, gave it to Haman, the son of his father, and the Agagite, and the enemy of the Jews. And the king said to Haman, The money and the people are given to you. Do to do with them as what seems good to you. Question. Political or spiritual? Spiritual. Spiritual. 
everything is spiritual. See, my brothers and sisters, Haman is now to destroy God's people. His, his plot now is to destroy God's people, period. Now, selfish reasons, but look at what he does. He makes it a political issue, but it's really spiritual. Come on, see, you're, see when, I, when I was talking to Michelle about this this morning, she didn't like it either. But I, this is part of our problem as the church. As the church living in this culture, this is part of our problem. We try to separate the two, but they're not separate. They're not. This is political. Mm, it's spiritual. But trying to... Listen, in this realm, he's trying to make it look political. But look at the, look at the cunning. These people are against you. They're not against him. They're just for the true and living king, the true and living God. I'm not for the death of all homosexuals. I'm not for the um, damnation of all homosexuals. God died for them just like He died for me. So I'm not for their elimination. I'm for their salvation. Amen? Amen? So, so my brothers and sisters, it's not, I'm not against, we're not against anybody, are we? We're against sin, but we love the sinner. See, again, that, my brothers and sisters, makes it spiritual. Are you, is anybody following me this morning? That's what makes it spiritual because we love the sinner, but we don't love the sin. Come on. That's spiritual. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So then, you know, as the story goes forward, um, now Hammond, he comes up with this plan. And he devises his plan. He puts out this decree. And the decree says that all Jews are, are just that. Mordecai hears of it. He gets himself in sackcloth and ashes. And he's crying out to God. And the other Jews hear of it. And they're in sackcloth and ashes. And they're crying out to God. Now Esther hears about her uncle, her father basically. And tries to send him some clothing to replace all the clothes that he tore off. And so that he's not in sackcloth and ashes. And he refuses them. And he tells, listen, <clears throat> he tells Esther what to do. I'm refusing them, and, and here's what you need to do. Tell the king what's going on. Amen? Amen. So now Esther sends word back. Listen, I, it's been three months. I haven't even, I haven't even, I think it was three months or a month. I can't remember, so please forgive me. But I haven't even been in his presence, and anybody who gets in his presence without him calling them in is going to be killed. I'm going to read to you Mordecai's response because I don't want to mess it up. In chapter 4, beginning in verse 13, Mordecai told them to answer Esther, don't think in your heart that you will escape the king's palace more than any other Jew. So, so here's what I want to tell some of you compromising Christians, which nobody in this room, in case you're watching. Don't think that you're going to earn favor with the world by compromising and it's going to be okay with you. It won't. It won't. There's going to be an issue. If you truly are a Christian, sooner or later, you're going to run up against something that you're going to have to really make a stand. And if you don't, you're not really a Christian anyway. Come on. 
See, my brothers and sisters, I, I, this message is not getting a lot of shouts and jumping up and have, it is not filling seats, it's not filling the room. I understand that, I know that, and that's the ministry that we have. But my brothers and sisters, listen, this isn't just about us. Because I know that many of you in this room are mature Christians, and you, you, you know this. But what I'm saying to you, mature Christians, and maybe some of you who are not so mature Christians, we have to live this out right here, right now. Giovanni needs to see that. The young people in that nursery right there, they need to see that. The young people in the classroom back there, they need to see that. What are they seeing? Hallelujah. If we don't do it, if we don't get a hold of this, if we don't understand what this story is telling us, and we're living in such a time where everything is political, everything is political, sexuality, political, religion, political, everything is politicized, everything. Why? So that there can be the yeas and the nays, and then as soon as they can get everybody, they keep us divided so that they can keep us in control. That's why, my brothers and sisters, Jews and Christians are the most sought after in this. Why? Because we answer to somebody else. Our freedom is not derived by any government or any other God other than Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen? And even though the Jews that are Orthodox don't recognize Him yet, they still are in covenant and God will not break His covenant with them. Amen. Hallelujah. Trying, i got to slow this thing down. I'm yelling too much. For if you remain completely silent at this time, relief and deliverance will arise. <laughs> Listen. For the Jews from another place. Did you see what he just said there? That's faith in God. He's demonstrating a faith. Why? What I just said to you, he understood. God is a covenant keeper. And Mordecai just confessed that. If you keep silent right now, that's okay. You're going to fall by the wayside, but God is going to bring somebody else. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. But you and your father's house will perish yet. Yet, who knows whether you have come to the kingdom for such a time as this. Hallelujah. Remember a few years back, we had that woman's thing. It was a great gathering. We had the woman's conference, and we named it for such women for such a time as this. Awesome conference. It was great. We should do it again. But my brothers and sisters, listen. I believe that you, me, we are specifically put in this time and in this place for a reason. I don't care how young you are. I don't care how old you are. I don't care how young you are to the faith or how old you are in the faith, your time is here and now. Amen. You're here for a specific reason. Amen? Amen. For a spe- you have a calling on your life. Hallelujah. Then Esther told them to reply to Mordecai, go gather all the Jews who are present in Sushan and fast for me. Neither eat nor drink for three days, night or day. My maids and I will fast likewise. And so I will go to the king, which is against the law, and if I perish, I perish. Wow. Wow. I'm going to do this. But, back me up. How is she saying, what did she say? Back me up. What, what, back me up. Fast and, Fast and pray. They're crying out to God. So, listen, the, the, the prayer part, that's implied. They're already crying out to God. So, now, along with your crying out to God, fast. Fast and pray. And my me and my maids will be doing the same thing. My brothers and sisters, that is so needed. But this now, she's in the middle of, middle of this situation. So, so let me ask you something right now. 
The situation in the Middle East right now, political or spiritual? Spiritual. 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 Hallelujah. Hey, <clears throat> the, the young people marching in the streets in this country right now, political, spiritual? Spiritual. It's spiritual. And we, my brothers and sisters, we know exactly what happened. It, it, it was God intervened. God intervened. And, and the, the plan that Haman had for Mordecai, for him to hang, the gallow that he had built, he hung on it himself. Why? But God. God was right in the middle of it because it wasn't political. Even though, uh, even though Haman tried to make it political, it was spiritual. It was spiritual. And Mordecai knew it. He knew it. How do you know that? Just by that illustration a moment ago. You could do this. If you don't do it, God will bring somebody else. Why? Because it's spiritual. It's not political. Hallelujah. My brothers and sisters, we need to have faith in God. We need to cry out to God and fast. Why? Because it's not political. It's spiritual. See, my brothers and sisters, my wife gets upset with me because sometimes I can't help it. I'll, I'll turn on the news and I'll try or I'll read headlines and it frustrates the heck out of me. And you know what? Honestly, you've heard me say this before, so I'm going to apologize again for saying the same thing, but I can't help it. Maybe it's my age. I don't know, but I'm telling you something. If, if it was just about me, I'm at the, I'm at the end of my life. I'm, I would sit back and wait for Jesus to call me home. But is that what he called me to do? In the meantime, I've got children and grandchildren. We have young people. We have not so young people. But we have people of all ages that are in our atmosphere. Are they ready for Jesus to come? My brothers and sisters, this is about us living for such a time as this. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So we all need to be keenly aware and, and understand the urgency and not be afraid and not be intimidated. But understand, remember that it is God living in us, God compelling us. Amen? Amen. So I want to bring a, a few other things to your attention here just to continue along this flavor. Jesus, the Pharisees were always after him. So remember, um, they sent some spies always to try to catch him in his words, right? And they were trying to catch him in his words so they could bring charges against him. So in Luke, it's in all of the synoptics, but uh, remember, they asked, the Pharisees had asked him, is it legal to pay taxes? You know, what should we do about the tax thing? Just hoping to trip him up. You know, should, should we pay taxes to Caesar or not? Jesus, Jesus basically, I know what you're trying to do. He says, give me a coin. Whose picture's on it? Render unto Caesar the things that are Caesar's and the things that are God's unto God. Political or spiritual? Spiritual. It was spiritual. Yeah, but you know, the Caesar thing, that's... No. Spiritual. That whole thing was spiritual. Does anybody... Listen, I want to tell you honestly, we're, you may not like the tax code, but we have to abide by it. And if I didn't abide by it and I broke the law, that's wrong. Period. Why? I'm, 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 I have to live according to the law of the land as long as it doesn't violate God's law. Amen? Amen. All right, so let me continue. Hallelujah. <laughs> Jesus, 
Now they, they're, they're succeeding. They got Jesus. They arrest Jesus. They bring him before the, the, the Sanhedrin. They bring him before uh, Herod. They bring him before Pilate. Right? And so when he's standing before Pilate, um, my brothers and sisters, um, how they bring him before Pilate is they bring, him, they bring up the Caesar thing. They bring him before Pilate because Pilate says, you know, basically, there's, I, I, I don't have nothing to do with this matter, right? But in order for them to have Pilate step in and help with their scheme, they have to bring charges against him. And the charges are that this man claims to be king, that there's another king besides Caesar. Now, let me ask you something. According to their law, do they worship another king? The answer is yes. The answer is yes. Jehovah is their king. And they're looking for their king in form of their Messiah to retake the, to overthrow the, the Roman government and basically be their Davidic king on earth so they can reestablish the kingdom on earth. Amen? So they're guilty of that themselves. But now they bring this charge before Pilate accusing Jesus of not being in line with Caesar being the king. Political or spiritual? Spiritual. My brothers and sisters, look, there are going to be many charges, there are going to be many accusations against you. Now, right now, maybe in the sophist sphere, for lack of a better term, you know, you've been lied about. You've been, there, been, I don't think there's a human alive that hasn't been, but I'm talking about as it relates to um, your integrity, as it relates to you being a child of God. Amen? Many in this room have. I know many of you have. My brothers and sisters, it's not going to get better. It's going to get worse. People are going to lie so that you can be marginalized, so that you can be... People are going to lie so that you can be looked at as being a hypocrite, thereby defaming the word, the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen? It's going to continue. It's going to happen. Political or spiritual? Spiritual. Well, let, me, let me say it this way. Personal? Someone just has a personal grudge against you? Or spiritual? Spiritual. Spiritual. See, we're fighting this fight of faith and this, again, this ruler of the darkness of the age is the one that's prompting all of these things. And our, our young people have been so subjugated and educated in that way and God has been totally removed from the culture so that there's nothing else for them to believe. The U.S. government or the governments are the ultimate power. The governments are the source of our um, everything that we have. All of our wants and needs and, and desires uh, come from the government. My brothers and sisters, is that political or is it spiritual? Spiritual. Spiritual. Hallelujah. How about this? Uh, this one. Remember when uh, it was, so Pilate was so determined not to do anything to Jesus that he uh, uh, you know, honored a custom and he was going to set Jesus free. And what he did was he put a, a criminal who was... Uh, yeah, just a, a, a diabolical, diabolical criminal next to Jesus. Now, while he's doing that, the leaders are working the crowd. They know what's going to happen, and they're working the crowd. Again, listen to me. That's exactly what's happening on social networking, and the media, and in the news, and all this stuff. That's exactly what's happening to our young people, to our older people, to all of us in between. My brothers and sisters, that's exactly what's happening. There's, there's the influencers, the, the internet influencers. Come on. You know what I'm talking about. So now you have that happening. That's, that's the uh, early version of uh, social networking. 
You have all of these people working in the crowd. When they ask, you say, give us Barabbas. And that's exactly what happened. Give us Barabbas. What should we do with Jesus? Crucify him. Spiritual or political? They try to make it political. They think it's political. It's not. It's spiritual. We battle not against flesh and blood. We've got to fight this good fight of faith. Amen? Amen. But we have, my brothers and sisters, we can't fight the fight if we don't know what we're fighting. We can't fight the fight if we are always looking at that person or that philosophy in front of us and not recognizing where it's coming from and what the answer is. Come on. Man, this is a tough one to preach. I've got to be honest with you. I'm not getting a lot of help. Hallelujah. 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 See, let me ask you this. I, I, I got... <clears throat> A women, woman's medical issue, abortion. See, it's, it's a woman's health care issue now, right? Abortion. Political or spiritual? Spiritual. That's, that, you know, it's not even, right? No, but see, there, I've heard some Christians, I've heard some conservatives out of their mouth, well, you know, uh, the six-week ban, that's too much. What? Are you kidding me right now? Well, you know, in certain cases, I could see that it would be okay to go ahead. Look at that baby right there and tell me it's okay. My two twins who are so precious, they were born how many weeks early, Mitch? Five weeks early. They had to be in the NICU during COVID. Look at those kids now. And you're going to tell me? And there's not, listen, my brothers and sisters, it's not six weeks. They want to kill them right up until the time they're born. Yes. And they've made it a political issue. Is it political? No. So many people are going to vote a certain way because of that. Are you kidding me? See, why do you need to hear this? See, I know many of you in this room, you understand, you don't have an issue with that, you know. Not only that, they want your tax dollars and mine to pay for it. Oh, he's being so political. No, I'm not. Political or spiritual? It's spiritual. And it's up to us to take care of matters spiritually. Homosexuality is normal and it should be celebrated. In fact, there should be certain there should be preferential treatment in certain cases. In fact, they should be looked at just like every other minority. Really? Yep, that's what they say. Hmm. My brothers and sisters, political or spiritual? Spiritual, but it's treated politically. And we, we've turned it into a political thing so that now, my brothers and sisters, we're governed by that issue. Huh, this is the latest and greatest. Elementary school kids should be taught about uh, different kinds of sexual situations. They should be taught that they can choose their gender and they should be taught how to... Uh, perform sexual acts on same-sex gendered folks as themselves. Literally, literally, instruction books in elementary school, middle schools. And we should be okay with that? No. No, no, no. no. Is it political or spiritual? Spiritual. spiritual. It's spiritual. So my brother, this is what, well, you know, we're coming up on an election and you hear all this gaga stuff. And right now, i got to tell you, it's so stupid because it used to be like, maybe like the last... Mm, you know, 18 months leading up to you. Like now, two years plus, you're hearing all the garbage. They start campaigning two years ahead of time. And it's so, and now, but you see all of these hot button issues. 
It's not now just about taxes and you know spending money for certain things. It's all of these other, these social issues, which my brothers and sisters has everything to do with spirituality and nothing to do with politics. Hallelujah. Have I beat that horse dead enough? It's dead. So let's go back to the scriptures. Now, those of us who've been studying 2 Corinthians together, I want to bring to your remembrance. In 2 Corinthians chapter 5, beginning in verse 17, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. Old things have passed away, and behold, all things have become new. Now, all things are of God. Now, as we studied that together, and I think I repeated it from this pulpit on Sunday, what does that mean? God should be involved in every area of our life. I can't separate God in my life from you know, my everyday work life. I can't compromise on the job because after all, that's not like going to church. I can't go ahead and say, well, you know, I understand that certain people believe certain things. Therefore, I mean, if they want to kill babies and we want to make that the law of the land, then okay, that's what they voted for. That's what they should get. No, it's wrong. Do you understand what I'm trying to say here? All things are of God. I can't pick and choose. I should not pick and choose the areas that I want to allow God to have rule in my life. It, it's all about God. God is involved in every area of our life. Come on. Is it true or is it not? It's true. Or at least He should be. And my brothers and sisters, this is why this, is why this preacher, this teacher is so animate about animated and, and adamant about teaching and preaching this way because my brothers and sisters... For such a time as this, when I see all of those young people marching and saying from the river to the sea, they don't even know what the river is. They have no idea what it means, but they're spouting it. My brothers and sisters, that's not political. That's spiritual. Now all things are of God. Does that sound like God is separating politics from spirituality? No. All things, that's the word of God. That's Paul speaking by the Holy Spirit. We're a new creation. Those of us who are born again, those of us who have decided to follow Jesus, we've laid the stuff down. Oh, only kid. And we're pursuing Jesus. All things are of God. Amen? I want one more thing. Remember. He did it a couple of times, but remember when Jesus went into the temple and he was irate, he started turning over tables, he formed a whip, and he's whipping everything out. Spiritual or political? Spiritual. If it was Jesus, of course it was spiritual. So? In their eyes, it was political. The people that were opposed to Jesus, in their eyes, it was political. Amen? Amen? He's messing with the here and now. He's messing with their merchandising. He's messing with what they got going on. He's messing with their power. He's messing with their structure. And my brothers and sisters, remember what he said. Uh, my, <clears throat> he went into the house, into the temple, and began to drive out those who brought and sold, saying to them, it is written, my house is a house of prayer, but you have made it a den of thieves. Spiritual, not political. Amen? Hallelujah. So now go forward with me to Corinthians. <clears throat> Do not be unequally yoked together with unbelievers. For what fellowship has righteousness with lawlessness? And what communion has light with darkness? And what accord has Christ with Belial? Or what part has a believer with an unbeliever? 
and 16 with me. And what agreement has the temple of God with idols? For you are the temple of the living God. As God has said, I will dwell in them and walk among them. I will be their God. They should be my people. My brothers and sisters, leave that up there for me. He went through and he began driving the stuff out and changing things in the temple. My temple is supposed to be a house of prayer. You've turned it into something else. You've, 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 you listen, you brought in the world system. You've married the world system. You brought it into my house. That's the way God feels about you. That's the way God feels about you. My brothers and sisters, you are the temple of God. You are to be a house of prayer and praise. Period. So, so what do we do? You know, there's this so, such a politically charged atmosphere. And the, we're going to march on Washington and we're going we're to carry the pitchforks and the torches. Or we're going to rally for this politician. Or we're going to rally for that politician. No. You know what we're going to do? We should fast and pray. There are already politicians who claim the name of Christ. We should be praying for them and we should be asking God to intervene on their behalf. We should be praying for them and we should be asking God to give them wisdom and knowledge and to be able to walk in front of the many, many people who are against them but have courage and faith to stand as a believer. Amen? We need to back them up by prayer and fasting just like the people of Israel backed up Esther. Does that make sense to anybody in this room? Yes. Anybody watching? Does that make sense? My brothers and sisters, that's what we're called to do. That's one of the most powerful things we do. That's why Jesus was so adamant about cleaning out that temple. Political? No. Spiritual all the way. You want to be spiritual? You want to act in the spirit and not be political? Don't be you know, campaigning for this one or campaigning for that one. Yeah. I'm for Jesus. I'm for the will of God. Sure, do, am I going to vote for a certain... Yeah, I'm going to vote for the one that clo closely follows this. And if there's no one that's even close, I ain't voting. Oh, that's wrong, Tony. You can't. Can't do it. And sometimes I've held my nose to do it. And sometimes I just didn't. My brothers and sisters, yes, exercise exercise your right and your duty as a citizen and vote. But I want to tell you something. If anybody who's a Christian and you're going to vote for a candidate who's not only promoting but promising to expand abortion, you better rethink what you're reading and who you're praying to. Well, you're quiet. If you're going to vote for somebody who is all for giving kids the right to pick what gender they want to be, you better read this and you better, man, you better get back in that prayer closet. Come on. My brothers and sisters, if you're thinking about voting for somebody who's asking Israel right now to compromise with Hamas and back off, you better, you, you better read this. Amen. You better read it and you better pray. Political or spiritual? Spiritual. spiritual. Hallelujah. One more thing. It's all in the, it's, it's, it, this is for us. This is for all, those of us who are truly born again. And I want to wrap up with this. Remember that man that brought his son, his child, to the disciples. And he had a demon. Yep. And remember, the disciples couldn't cast him out. Remember? Yep. And so, you know, Jesus, they, he brings him to Jesus and he says, listen, he said, I brought him to your disciples and, and this is what happens. I'm so worried when the demon overtakes him. I'm afraid he throws him into the fire. He throws him into the water. He's going to kill him. You know, and Jesus, how long has this been happening? Since he's been a, a small child. And I brought him to your disciples. They couldn't. And so Jesus, Jesus says, He's, and the man says, if you can, 
Jesus said to him, Do you believe that I can? Tony's words. I believe, but help my unbelief. Amen. Remember that? Amen. My brothers and sisters, my brothers and sisters, his disciples who have been walking with him, who had saw the signs, wonder, and miracles, and had done some themselves. My brothers and sisters, those same, taken back. After Jesus did that, he, he actually, he rebuked them. He says, you know, you, you perverse and, and, and faithless generation, how long? Remember, he said those things. He, he straightened them out. He, he rebuked them. And then they said, well, how come, this, how come we couldn't do this? And what did Jesus say? This kind cometh by prayer and fasting. Prayer and fasting. How serious are you, Christian, about getting engaged, listen, not politically, spiritually. Spiritually. How serious are you? Are you just semi-satisfied being an occasional Christian or a, comp- or a, 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 a worldly Christian, a carnal Christian where you, know, you can have some of the things of the world and be happy and satisfied with some of the things in the world and then you know, go to church and pray before you eat and you know, as long as things don't get too hot and bothered, you can go ahead and stand up for Christ. I want to tell you, you're going to be tested before you leave this earth. Amen. You will be tested. My brothers, just count on it. And I'm counting on it. I really am. I'm counting on it. And I, I'm, I'm so happy that I have so many of you who are so faithful so that if something does happen to me, you'll be praying for me. I know you'll be praying for me. And I know that I'll be strengthened by the power of the prayer that you raise up to my God and your God. Amen? Amen. But please, do me this favor. If it ever comes to that, fast and pray. Amen. Fast and pray. Fast and pray. Stand with me, please. If you can, if you if you can't, then that's okay. We're not bound. My brothers and sisters, on Wednesday we had a, a, a decent Bible study, but we we did a little bit more prayer. And I told you guys, and I, I I don't know if I said it last Sunday or not, but we we've got I've got more of these being made. These are prayer cards. Now you can make your prayer request known among us if you want to, or you could just drop it in the box or bring it to us. My brothers and sisters. Um, we used to do this, and I think we need, to, we need to do it. We need to pray for one another, and we need to do it. And that's what the Bible says to do. And we need to be more serious about it. So here's what I'm proposing. Um, on Wednesday, we're going to pray again. We'll have a short Bible study, but I'll, prob- I'll send out the email. If you're, if you're on our church email, you'll get it. If, I'm, I'm sorry, to text. The text that he, I'll send you the text and to remind you. But if you can fast on Wednesday, at least until... We're going to probably start praying around 7.45. Uh, this way, everybody has a chance to settle in. Or, you know, I just, we'll, we'll do it 7.45. It works out this time, great. But in the future, going forward, I want to do more of these organized where if you can't be here, then at least we can go ahead and be praying wherever you're at simultaneously. Okay? We, and, and if you can. Now, if for whatever reason you have health issues or whatever, you can't fast, I, okay, I understand you know what? The fast could be this. How about stay off social media? How about shut the TV off? Young people, you know, maybe you can't necessarily fast from food or whatever. Your parents don't allow it or whatever the case may be. How about just stay off of Facebook, TikTok, Instaslam, whatever the heck that you're doing. Stop. Just for a day. Just for a day. And, and listen, when you're tempted to go and do it, ask God. Call out to God. 
that, that's such a good reminder because you're going to be impulse. Your impulses are going to take you there and you're going to want to go there. And in that moment, you say, cry out to Jesus. Jesus, Jesus, I lift up my mom and my dad to you. Jesus, in that moment, I lift up my friend so-and-so to you. They're struggling. They're having a hard time. Jesus, I want so-and-so to be saved. Would you please put angels in their path? Whatever it is. Are you with me? Adults, same. Can we please fast and pray on Wednesday? We should be praying every day, but specifically on Wednesday as a group, as a, as a family. Amen? And I'll send out the text to remind everybody if someone will remind me. I'm just kidding. But my brothers and sisters, I, I really want us to do this, and I want us to get more faithful about it. Why? Jesus said we are his temple. His temple is to be a house of prayer. Amen? And I want to pray that I'm not continuing to get frustrated and angry and so defensive because of my grandchildren having to grow up in this world that I just pray. I, I focus my energy more properly. Amen? That's what I want to do. And you're going to be helping me, and I'm going to be helping you. That Our energies are focused properly, that we look at everything spiritually, and we attack it spiritually. Amen? So, God, here we are standing before you now. Thank you for your word. Thank you for your message. Lord, and I pray that you would bless each and every one of us, Lord, as we make this... Um, we make this, this, this I, I want to say covenant, Lord, but I, I don't know if that's the proper word, but as we make this declaration to you that on Wednesday we will fast from something and we together will pray at a certain time of day. Lord, knowing, Lord, that those time means nothing to you, but Lord, according to your word, you said that when we gather and pray, something happens. The power increases exponentially. And so, Lord, I do pray in the name of Jesus now that among this people, as we lift a prayer to you, and I pray, Lord, that every person in this room who has a prayer on their heart and on their mind right now, whether it be for a loved one, for their health, whether it be for the protection of their children, whether it be for the salvation of an acquaintance, Father, whether it be a specific need in their life financially, health-wise, whatever it is, Lord, I pray in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, that we would be so faithful, have faith, knowing that when we bring this to you, you hear us. And not only that, Lord, that you're loving, you're kind, you're merciful, you're gracious, and you don't want to hold anything back from us. So, Lord, I beg you in the name of Jesus, help us to get out of our own way. Help us, Lord, make us strong where we're weak. Help us, Lord, as we gather in your name and we pray. Father, right now I ask that you would touch this government. Father, that you would, that you would shake up those who call themselves Christians, those who are the politicians and the leaders that believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. Father, I pray that you would strengthen them with the power of your might. Lord, that you would give them courage, strength. Give them faith for the battle. Father, give them wisdom knowledge, understanding, Father, that they may speak the oracles of God. That when they're in the halls of Congress, when they're in private, in cabinet seats, or wherever it is, in advisory roles, Father, whatever it is, let them speak your will. Father, your will be done. Your will be done. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. God bless you all. I love you. I, and, you know, I, I know I get animated and I get. Pray for me.
Pray for me. I don't want your kids or my kids or our grandkids. I don't want anyone, anyone to be deceived. Amen? Amen. Amen. Let the words of my mouth, meditations of my heart be acceptable in thy sight. O Lord, my strength and my redeemer. God bless you. Go in peace.